0: What I have found and what I work on with clients is as you push that barrier and you realize that you're safe and it's totally fine, and in fact, oftentimes we're dreading it because we have a story around some kind of negative thing that's going to happen and then it ends up being positive. We can keep pushing for me like if i'm watching a client and i suggest something to them i can kind of see it in their face they're like a little horrified or my coach will say something to me and i can feel it right here and i go oh like when you said that when you invited me into that thing like viscerally i had a response to it that's usually how i know that's something to try right so if i feel like things in me are telling me to like back from that or that's too scary or i can feel like my body responding that's when i go okay then my breakthrough is probably in that direction if you keep moving that's what can really make you unstoppable
1: welcome to the standout business show i'm brad powell and today we are talking about the steps that you can take to become totally unstoppable (laughs) So, what would you do if you had the courage to stand out? This is the Standout Business Show. We're all about trying to stand out and do something a little bit differently than the status quo, than the mainstream, than the average. And, you know, what would you do if you believed that you were unstoppable in the things that you were wanting to accomplish? How would you approach your day? How would you approach your work? How would you approach your relationships? And if you've been feeling like in the last little bit of time, we've all gone through the same experience, which I will define as the post-pandemic bleh, (laughs) you know, we've just had to settle for what everyone is talking about, the new normal, like, oh my God, like it's the new normal, you know, and like, okay, so how good is that going to be? And so if you're curious about this, like, okay, how do I go from this sort of meh, experience to doing things that are in the realm of unstoppable, then I want you to listen to this conversation today. I've brought Alyssa Jasha onto the show, and she's coming on to talk about how you can challenge yourself by thinking bigger and go after things that feel impossible. And I was looking on her website. She has a question there. It says, what if reaching that impossible goal was simply next Wednesday. (laughs) I love that question. So buckle up, stay tuned, because Alyssa is going to share her proven methods to build positive momentum toward whatever dream you have. Sound good? (laughs) So with that, let's start the show. Alyssa, welcome to the show.
0: Brad, thank you for having me. I was just jamming out to your music there.
1: (laughs) That's the whole idea. I love it. All right. So, as we uh, enter this conversation, uh, unstoppable is an interesting word. I think impossible is another really interesting word. So, you know, when you think about being unstoppable, we all have our own sort of idea about that. What is your idea? Like, how do you define that and how does it fit in your mind?
0: Yeah. The way I think about it really is that I think oftentimes we hit one or two obstacles, maybe three, and then we go, well, I guess, I guess this is not for me, right? Like I certainly, certainly in my past have fallen victim to that. Well, I've tried, I've, I've reached out three times or I've done this thing four times or twice if I'm feeling less than enthusiastic and nothing has happened. So it must not, it must not be it. So I really like the analogy of water and um, the obstacle is the way has a lot of really good stories about this, that, that book, if um, you've probably read that one, Brad, but water will go over, it will go under, it will go through. It really always finds a way to keep moving. And so to me being unstoppable is having that mindset. Like if there is something that I want to do and I've talked to three people, let me talk to a fourth or a fifth. And so rather than saying, well, I've tried this a couple of times I haven't had the result that I want. And just stopping there, you really keep going. And there's a bit of grit that's required there. There's a bit of discomfort to ask 10 or 15 or 20 times. It can get a little tiring. That's where also having your trusted advisors and your mentors around you to help you keep you motivated is helpful. Um, And I know for me too, one of the things that I implement to to help with this is that I really talk about the things that are interesting to me. So if there's a type of client I would like to coach, or I'm thinking about, I'd love to do a certain activity, I will start asking people I know, do you know anybody? Or even just sharing that idea. I would really love to coach these types of people. Simply by putting it out there, I found that other people in my network, some who I would never have guessed, Will say I can actually introduce you to somebody in that field or somebody with that experience, and so the the more that I ask, the more that I keep going, and and have the determination to do that, the more these things kind of open up, and you know, not being afraid of the nose.
1: Right. Exactly. All right. So uh, before we got on live, we were talking a little bit about this thing of perfectionism, and I want to explore this a little bit in the context of. A lot of the people that are in my audience are finding themselves in this mode of, well, I want to do this work. They're, first of all, they're really talented. They're really good at what they do. They may be like the expert or the authority for their thing. And so anything they bring out into the world, whether they're wanting to prepare a speech or whether, in my case, like they're trying to make a video or they're writing a book, they'll do this thing that I will call woodshedding. As a musician's thing, it's like going out back, going into the woodshed and practicing your instrument in the dark (laughs) so nobody can see it until you get so good then you can bring it out into the light of day and say, "Okay, now I'm like now I'm perfect. Like I've totally got it mastered. Mm -hmm. What I see with that is that this this habit of woodshedding is really literally hiding out and it's completely holding back. It's like I can't tell anybody about mm-hmm. this. I can't show them what I'm doing. I can't share ideas. I can't I can't do any of this until I get it absolutely correct. And of course, that can lead to just this ongoing thing that never actually gets finished.
0: Right. Well, and you know, it's interesting as a coach, this is a trap even I can fall into. Like, if I just read one more book, watch one more training, <laughs> attend one more whatever, then I'll be ready. And I think we can very easily, I've done this, I, I work with clients on this, negate all the experience that we have and the things that got us to where we are, because you didn't get to that table, whatever that table is, by not knowing those things, by not having intelligent thoughts about it, by not having done any of the work that got you there? And are we always in a growth mode? Of course, but that doesn't mean that we have to strive for this level of perfectionism, which by the way, doesn't exist, and not be afraid to make mistakes. Right? I've misspoken on a podcast and some people might be like, oh my goodness, she said that word weird. (laughs) Yeah, they might, but you know, I'm here and I show up. And I think the other big thing for me is always thinking about the value to the other people. It's not really about me. It's am I serving people and who is missing out if I am not sharing what I know?
1: Yeah. I mean, the more you can basically get out of your own head and be thinking about, well, who am I talking to Mm -hmm. and how can I help them? If that's your focus, it's really not about you. And I think this alludes to something that I've come to know as the spotlight effect, which is this thing where we feel mm-hmm. with stuff that we do that we're in the spotlight yeah. and that a lot of people are paying attention to us.
0: Aren't Isn't everyone?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> every, they're, like they're all paying attention. Yes. And not only are they paying attention, but they're paying attention to every detail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 when, you know, now that we're in the internet age, if I do something and I do it online Mm -hmm. and I mess up, it's going to live online forever Forever. and I'm never going to live it down. (laughs) Yeah. So how do we, how do we get out of that? that kind of thinking, like, oh, no, the light is on. And I'm, you know, you don't want to be quite the deer in the headlights.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great question. Uh, Certainly, there's a place for practice, of course. But but there's so many buckets there. There's remembering that you care about you much more than most people do, that the people who love you and value what you're sharing, they want to see it. And they're not looking for the tick marks, the people who are looking for the tick marks, they're in their own bucket. And we'll let them troll or whatever they're doing kind of off to the side, but they're there, they're looking for that. And, you know, we have no control over that. For me, it's also about knowing that I'm not for everybody, right? Like some people will love my style, my style of coaching, my style of dressing, how I wear my hair, whatever my style, the way I speak and other people will hate it. And that's okay because they're not my people. And in any industry, any group, there are plenty of others, right? So if you want somebody who's uh, not the right words to use, but bigger, smaller, whatever it is, there's someone for you. So I don't have to be for everybody. So to what we said earlier, my goal is simply to share my message in my way and be my authentic self, because I think that authenticity is what most people are looking for. True vulnerability, authenticity. And then you relate to people. The same the same way you do. If you if you walk into the room, there's going to be certain people you you're like, oh my gosh, we're best friends and we've never even met, and other people where you're like, you know, we chatted, but if I didn't necessarily talk to that person again, it, it probably wouldn't impact me. But I really want to keep chatting with this person. We just gravitate differently, and so it's okay to share your mes- message and let those who gravitate toward it come come towards you, and and vice versa, and that's okay.
1: Yeah, I think this thing about people want to be pleasing yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it's like, I want everyone to like me, mm-hmm. you know, and that's right. actually that's not a particularly great strategy. Like to your point, mm-hmm. you really do want to be the, the person who you are as, as much as possible. And you want to attract the people who you can actually serve well. That's right. And the ones who aren't going to connect with you, the ones who don't relate to you, of which there are millions of people, mm-hmm. those people are just like they're not. Like I, I think it's Seth Godin who talks a lot about literally drawing the line in the sand of, mm-hmm. you know, people like us do things like this. That's right. And making that really clear mm-hmm. so that the people who aren't like us, who don't do things like this, will go, okay, this is not for me. Yeah. And I think that's this is really important. Like when you go back to perfectionism, this is the thing of like releasing from yeah, it. We're not talking perfect here. We're talking about this thing that we believe in, and this thing that we stand for, and this this is what we're up to.
0: That's right. And you know, when you're thinking about it that way too, if if we are not the right, like if somebody sees my coaching style and we're not the right fit, n- neither one of us is going to have a great experience there. They're, they might sh- struggle, and then. For, for me, like wh- whatever my mantra is as a coach, which is to serve other people, I- I'm actually doing them a disservice. So I've been learning even myself now to lean further into my specific messaging so that it does say like, hey, if this really resonates with you, great, let's go this way. But if not, I, I can even recommend you to somebody, right? there, There's a scarcity mentality that we don't want to live into. Like, well, if I'm not for everybody, I might not be able to have business whatever your business is but there are literally billions of people who might see your message and love it and th- the people pleasing mode and trying to control other people there's literally no way to make that happen right even if i do everything right again not even a thing there will still be people who don't who don't like it so how about i just show up the best way i know how to show up and go from there
1: i like that a lot i want to go back to your water analogy uh, in a previous life, I was the director of an outer bound sailing program. Oh, nice! Which was on the water, mm-hmm. and the whole methodology of the program was to bring young people on and to facilitate challenge and getting out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and do difficult things, both, both in with the like the environment being challenging, but also just within the group dynamic. Like you're in there with mm-hmm. nine other strangers and you have to get along and we're on this boat that's really difficult to handle 2 massive sailing rigged really old fashioned it took all 10 people to get anywhere to like to make it work mm-hmm. plus when there was no wind we rowed and everybody had an oar there were 10 oars and double banked like we'd row okay. in little pairs just like a kind of a galley slave ship and so in the process of doing this you know we as a group mm-hmm learned all kinds of things about how to be comfortable in all kinds of discomfort and how to transcend this, you know, this thing of like what yesterday, what I thought was really horrid is now kind of fine. In fact, I like it. And I'll just, one example was one of the things we did was to get up early every morning and we go jump in the water. We go jump in the ocean. And it was freezing cold. yeah. Like in the Northwest, the you know, it's 50 degrees, which Ooh. maybe doesn't sound cold, but it is really cold yeah. <laughs> and it didn't matter. Like if it was raining, we did it. If it the wind was blowing really hard, we did it. And in the first early days, that was a challenge. <laughs> like everyone's got, I'm not doing that. Like, this is crazy. What <laughs> that's, you, that's what my
0: mind's thinking.
1: <laughs> but the the interesting thing that we did was that we created a culture mm-hmm. of being people of the water. That's nice. And so we like the whole thing was like, we don't want to boot camp this where we're saying, you know, you must march down to the beach and jump in. That wasn't the way. Mm-hmm. It was more of, we're people of the water. And so here we're going to create the reasons why going in the water is just part of our natural way of being. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, 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 all these things like from, you you wanted to get clean, like you wanted to get up and not stink after being in the, in the wilderness for three weeks. You know, so jumping in the ocean was actually kind of good that mm-hmm. way. And you wanted to be safe, which was like we're going to be out in this little boat. We're going to be out on all kinds of weather. Sometimes we're going to be out at night mm-hmm. in all kinds of weather, and it could happen that the boat will tip over right. and it won't sink, but we'll all be in the water. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a big surprise. And if we're not people of the water, if we don't feel like, oh, fine, we're in the water, no big deal. This could be like a moment to panic, or it could be a moment of emergency, or it could be a moment of severe crisis. Mm -hmm. But if this happens, and we've been going in the water every day, and we're like, yeah, we like going in the water, then this is fine. Then we're fine with this, and on and on. Like we, you know, there's sort of this building this culture of we're people of the water. And so as these programs, progressed, usually it would get to the place where people would go, okay, well, today we're doing a double dip. Okay. Today we're doing a triple dip. Yeah. And and this is coming from the students.
0: Raising the bar on the challenge.
1: Like raising the bar on like, okay, can we do this today? Like, cause we just, that that's yeah. like no big deal. Let's do it again. And so it was so interesting to see when we're talking about like doing something impossible or doing something that's really moving outside your comfort zone, mm-hmm. the progression of how you can actually get to those places?
0: Well, I, I love I love this story. First of all, it sounds really fun. This was another life, but it's too bad you don't still do it. I think there's so many elements there, Brad. There's number one, it's being okay with discomfort, but also understanding that discomfort is not unsafe. And there's the place in our brain where we say that those two things, discomfort equals I am no longer safe, which is not a thing. Because as we know, sometimes sending an email can make us uncomfortable and you're perfectly fine. Right. And the other thing you said about we did one, now we're doing two, now we're doing three. What I have found and what I work on with clients is as you push that barrier and you realize that you're safe and it's totally fine. And in fact, oftentimes we're dreading it because we have a story around some kind of negative thing that's going to happen and then ends up being positive. We can keep pushing. For me, like if I'm watching a client and I su- suggest something to them, I can kind of see it in their face. They're like a little horrified. Or my coach <laughs> will say something to me and I can feel it right here. And I go, Oh, like when you said that, when you invited me into that thing, like viscerally, I had a response to it. That's usually how I know that's something to try. Right. So if I feel like things in me are telling me to like pull back from that or that's too scary, or I can feel like my body responding, that's when I go, Okay, then my breakthrough is probably in that direction.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I've practiced over the years is doing improv.
0: Oh, how much fun is that?
1: It's, it's totally fun. And I mean, and I, and people have the, sometimes the wrong impression, like they see comedy improv Mm -hmm. and they think that's what I'm talking about. And this is much more of a practice of just simply, you know, getting with a group of people and we would do a lot of it was theater games and we would even do like movement contact, dance, improv and, and stuff like that. But the idea was, was that there were all these sort of parameters of you, someone would, you know, enter the the space where you're doing something together and they're going to make an offer and you don't know what that offer is going to be. That's right, And the, the rule is that you have to accept the offer, mm-hmm. you know? So if someone walks out and they're acting like a school teacher in a classroom, you can't walk in and, and, and you're like, a fireman putting on a fire like it just doesn't work you have to go with the offer okay and then and then you like act like that and so I've had the opportunity to be all kinds of things like including the pregnant woman you know and (laughs) things like this you know things totally beyond who I would normally be and all of it requires certainly an emotional risk taking even though like we weren't performing we were just doing this amongst ourselves but still to move out of like this isn't me. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. This is like, how can I, how can I possibly be in this role? Yeah. And so it's just a great practice for constantly pushing that comfort envelope a little bit further I love and that. going through the thing of like, well, I'm going to take a risk here and I'm going to take another risk here mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and I'm not going to die. <laughs> no.
0: And also you're not taking yourself too seriously. Yeah, I am. I'm definitely a recovering serious person, right? Like I, <laughs> there, there was time in my life where so much had gone on. It was very hard to have play and to joke around, especially about myself. And God, it's very stifling. My goodness. Right. So you're like, this is kind of exhausting. So can we have fun? Can we play? Can we not take ourselves too seriously? Can we not worry that like you said, if I show up as a pregnant lady, all of a sudden I'm being judged or this defines me in some way, like, no, we're playing a game. We're having fun. We're in this space and we're just trying something new and taking that risk and saying, I I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm okay with it. And the other thing that I'll do with clients is like, what's the worst that could happen? Because sometimes you want to know, like there might be some serious ramifications of something like I could get fired. That's serious. Right. But sometimes it's like, the The person doesn't respond to my email. Well, you have no response now by not sending it. So it's not, it's not any different, right? <laughs> and maybe a no. little disappointment, but.
1: Right, it's right. Okay.
0: right. We're all going to be okay.
1: We don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, we're getting close to the end of our time here. It goes by pretty darn fast. So if you have some little bow to wrap up this conversation about unstoppable and pushing yourself a little bit beyond your normal comfort zone, what would you say?
0: Well, I would say, let's go back to what our topic was too. And let's drop the idea of perfectionism and stop striving for that because it doesn't exist. And sometimes getting something 60% of the way there or 80% of the way, way there is a really good start because you can always hone from there. And if you're willing to start, if you're willing to put yourself out there, if you're willing to try and lean into some of that discomfort and find out what's on the other side of it. That's very helpful in keeping yourself moving. It allows you to develop some grit. And if you keep moving, that's what can really make you unstoppable.
1: Hear, here. <laughs> that's great. All right. Well, this has been fabulous. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Now, if people want to get a hold of you, they're going, yes. okay, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I want to be unstoppable too. Let's do it. I can feel it. Let's go. You're mm-hmm. exactly... You're exactly my style <laughs> yeah, <that's great. laughs> how do they get a hold of you
0: that you can message me on LinkedIn since this is since this is on LinkedIn that's the easiest way to, to find me just DM me that's perfectly fine you can also go to my website and there's an option to book a call and it's just assa Aly- which I know is not phonetic but luckily you can see my name there
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right great well thanks again so much for coming on today thanks, this has Dad. been great.
0: Likewise. Thank you for having me.
1: If you're listening here at the end, I just want to remind you, if you would like to go and binge on the entire archive of the standout business show, just go to standoutbusinessshow.com. And that's three S's between business and show. All of it is there, all the show notes, all the video, all the audio. All the extra doodahs, all the extra lead magnets, all the extra invitations, it's all there and you can binge to your heart's content. And until next time, we go live every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and we'll see you then.